When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Outkick 360 is back alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us and a lot to get to today. All the headlines. Roy Williams has announced he is retiring. Chris Beard is the new head coach at Texas, going from Texas Tech to Texas. But Paul, Chad, it is April Fool's Day. It is April Fool's Day. Not a holiday that is celebrated <laughs> no. on this show. We're not holiday celebrators in general. And uh, we shared a decree with you on St. Patrick's Day about how we wouldn't do weak St. Patrick's Day content. We will not do weak April Fool's Day content. And we are not going to participate in any BS where we try to trick you with anything. You know why? We are in part a news operation. And... We're not, news operations shouldn't be tricking you. You're going to hear on other radio stations and other broadcast outlets today tricky headlines where they tr try to pretend to trick you or they tr trick you with believable news headlines. Wow, is that clever. Hey, uh, Roy Williams retired today. You guess, guess who else retired? Uh, Mike Vrabel. <laughs> if I give you something that's believable and you believe it, I've not pulled some big trick. I've participated in uh, time-wasting nonsense. So we don't participate in time-wasting nonsense. So anything you hear today is uh, true or opinions based on truth. That's our pledge to you. We don't participate in this nonsense. We generally believe that April Fool's is a, is a cute holiday for kids. My 11-year-old's going to school today. I told him to brace himself, you know, <laughs> and, and to try to get some stuff ready. It's great for fifth grade. We are graduate school, right? <laughs> we're PhD level people. And so we're going to work on a PhD level for you. And that's not April Fool's Day BS. I totally with you, Paul. I'm glad that you said that and went on this rant because it's not something we're ever going to take part in uh, on this show. And I hate when a story like Roy Williams retiring happens on April Fool's and I'm immediately forced to go to five different websites to make sure it's not a prank. It's yeah. not an April Fool's joke. Don't break news today. Don't put out a news release today. Roy Williams should have waited till tomorrow, um, and there should be no news. Now, uh, you know, it could turn out that my Yankees go out and get, uh, you know, God forbid, Garrett Cole get blown out today, and there'll be April Fool's headlines in the, in the Post and the Daily News tomorrow that the Yankees are a joke, and, you know, that's understandable if news on the field turns out to be jokish. Uh, I certainly hope that's not the case on opening day for my team. But uh, uh, beyond that, you know, you're not putting out false injury reports. You're not putting out uh, fake stories. Any teams that participate in it, I think, are also foolish. And I would urge the Titans and the Vols and your team 
uh, not to, to participate in the foolishness. Head on a swivel today with the news on Twitter. That that is our decree as well. If we uh, say something is breaking news, we're gonna we're gonna make sure it actually is today. Uh, that's our promise to you. The the history of April Fool's Day. I had to look this up last night. Goes back to the 1500s, and it today used to be the start of the new year. And if you didn't acknowledge that it had that the new year was moved to January 1st, you were considered a fool. That's, in in essence, why people this do what they do on April 1st. This is the type of content I go to Jonathan Hutton for. <laughs> it's this right here that you're going to get on this show and not get anywhere else. I had no idea that. I, I honestly, and I'm embarrassed to admit, I've never even been intellectually curious enough to know why there's an April Fool's Day. I've just accepted it as April Fool's Day and didn't know the origin well, of it. So talking, this is great. I was talking about being on a fifth grade level. My One of my son's teachers is going on a leave of absence for very sad reasons. Um, and, and she told us, uh, parents about it, so that we might talk to the kids ahead of it. And she's telling them today. And he's concerned that the kids aren't going to take it seriously and they're going to think that she's pranking them. So um, he, he went to school today very concerned that a very serious matter is not going to be taken seriously by some kids who are going to be on guard, as I advised him to be, for uh, something. I, I would also advise not to do too serious of a prank today, right? For people that like, you, you yeah, can, no you can, be, death you can be too morbid with the prank. Like uh, the April Fool's, Hutton, you were talking about one in college involving Eddie Vedder. Yeah, that so a radio station was doing, right? Wait, did he get a flat tire and decide to move to Murfreesboro no, because no, the people was, were so friendly? Much was, worse than that, Paul. There was a DJ for a, a local station in Nashville, a rock station, that on, on March 31st, I believe his show started at like 7 o'clock. He went 7 to midnight or something. And leading up to midnight on April 1st, he had this long, drawn-out story of how Eddie Vedder, like, killed himself. Oh. And so everyone is thinking, you know, Pearl Jam, we're all, they're playing Pearl Jam music in, in, in honor. And then as 12 o'clock hits and he signs off the air, he's like April Fool's. And that was it. He was fired for it. I think his name was Mo. Mo. This was like 20 years ago. Mo the um, DJ. Did, what happened to Mo? Now I need I don't to know. know what happened to Mo after that, after he was fired. I vividly remember, though, like texting friends. This was back whenever you would pay like 10 cents per text. <laughs> this is back when I didn't know it was 10 cents per text. I remember... <laughs> A girl in 2005 started texting me on a spring break trip, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I'm, I'm learning how to do it on the fly. And then I get my phone bill and realize, oh, it's 10 cents per text. Well, we were playing this the show in the rec center, and everyone's coming up. Did you hear the news? You hear the news? And, you know, it wasn't, you know, Twitter didn't exist. You didn't have the, the, the storylines and the viral news. This was just how you were going about getting your news and it was march 31st leading up it's to amazing 1st. to me that so many people were listening to this rock station at night that it took off <laughs> in college right like that, that everybody yeah. that it took yeah. off that way the joke i made is a popular facebook thing where you know george clooney was driving through hohenwald <laughs> real tennessee got a flat tire the people were so nice that he's buying a second home there and this leads me quickly because this spreads on facebook a lot to ask, and this could be the most popular uh, growing segment on our show, do Jacob and Lance use 
X or no X. Are you guys on Facebook? And do you see these stories of hugely famous celebrities relocating to Tennessee towns because they had a flat tire there? I, I don't really look at the Facebook. <laughs> I, I have a Facebook. Oh. I, I don't even have a Facebook. He, yeah. had, he has visited Facebook.com. It's funny because these guys, these guys, yeah, <laughs> talking like Belichick. <laughs> yeah, I use the my face. <laughs> we really do need more Lance and Jacob on this show no, it's, and, and I mean, David Reed as we move forward. I think I they come across as not worldly because they haven't seen the scoop. There it is, commercial. <laughs> they they're not on the Facebook, but they're incredibly worldly and entertaining. They're and way we more need to expose than them. Us. They're just not yeah. exposing themselves to these exposing pop culture things. To the children that like yeah. that. Yeah, they expose themselves <laughs> just not to these types of things. We need to expose them to you, clothed. Uh, in a broader way so you get the full sense of them that we do because they're glorious. Something else that I love about uh, Jacob is this was something that only Doug Matthews could do on our previous show but referred to Jonathan Hutton as John. John. And he so says good. John and Dave for David Reed. <laughs> and I, there's something about that it's that terrific. I just I'm I find you. very endearing. And I, I pointed it out and I said I want you to continue doing it. I Please, grant Jacob. you permission, Jakob. They talk about my softening, but that softens everyone. <laughs> I, I think. Now, if he starts saying like P and C, if he shortens our names, I'm going to have a problem with it. <laughs> I hate when people just go with the first. <laughs> hey, P, what, what are you up to today? I would like you to rename Chad. Chad hates his own name. Yeah. So if you could come up with a good Chad nickname, that'd be great. I can take your name. I like the name. There's your assignment, boys. <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> Something in the bath salt bandit hair. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And what's the new the graffiti what? Graffito Magnifico. Graffino. Graffito. Graffito Magnifico. <laughs> if you want to see disturbing drawings. <laughs> uh, he does. He is a member of Instagram. He doesn't have the Facebook, but he does have the Instagram. When we ever start having a secret hour of this show. It's not. Or a let's let not. We, we, have, lost, we have lost podcasts. We, we have do. things that we've recorded that we didn't put into the world. Um, we never did a season five on the wire. Whenever. Uh, we didn't we do the not? podcast, no. <laughs> we didn't finish that. I, I was we did disgusted not. by season five, so I was fine with it. So we did a podcast on the wire. We went back and rewatched it during the pandemic, and we watched the entire series. We didn't, didn't finish it. We watched it. it the first time. But there was so much demand for it, no one said a word. I hated us, season about five. About us not finishing it. We never finished it. it I, I forgot about we that, We finished too. the show. We yeah. finished the show, but we didn't do the podcast. We didn't, we didn't do the podcast for season five. <laughs> this is blowing my mind that we didn't finish that. I hate it. Roy Williams is retiring after 33 years coaching. Until this year, he had never lost a first-round game in the tournament. Well, 48 years as a coach. I think 33 years as a head coach. That's when he took yes. over at, uh, at Kansas. Yep. But Let's hope they do a better succession than they did when his mentor, Dean Smith, retired and they had a disastrous thing, which led to finally getting Roy Williams there in the first place. Nine Final Fours, three national titles, all at North mm -hmm. Carolina. The only coach in history to win 400-plus games at two different schools is Roy Williams. A remarkable career. Um, and it's I'm just looking through names of possible replacements because immediately a guy steps down and you think, is there an obvious person? A lot of people pointed to Steve Robinson, who's been a longtime assistant of his, on the staff. Hubert Davis is another guy who left television and then joined his bench. Can I tell a quick story on Hubert Davis? Sure. So Any Hubert Davis story is always welcome. I, I went to MTSU, and uh, growing up, my dad worked at MTSU. So 
I would always go to the basketball camps. Randy Will was the head coach whenever I was in elementary school at MTSU. And he used to coach at North Carolina as an assistant. And uh, the, the running rumor at this one particular basketball camp was that Michael Jordan was going to show up because of Randy Will's connections with UNC. And there, there was a he was coming in to speak in Nashville and that was the connection. We thought he was going to swing by. Bye. Hubert Davis shows up, and everyone is just ticked. <laughs> because Hubert Davis walked into the gym <laughs> as the special guest. Hubert Davis has never let down so many people as he did that day. He walked in, and everyone was Just like, because Gosh. he wasn't Michael Jordan. Yeah. And here he's Davis, doing a nice really thing, and everybody hates him for it. And, and he, was in, like, he was like, I know you guys were expecting MJ. <laughs> here <laughs> I am. Glad you're here. And he like, went through a few... A few drills, and that was it. Oh, that's, that's my hilarious. Hubert Davis story. I love that he started with, I, I know that I've disappointed everyone here by not being Michael Jordan. I apologize for that. But just so ridiculous that we would actually think that Jordan would show up at the camp. I mean, well, the hopefulness crazier of things have, have, thing. you know, have happened. It, it could have happened. Innocence of children is, is one of the wonders of humankind. Can I cross off one name on this list, though, yes. that does reference? And I'm looking at a USA Today list of, of possible replacements. Chad's a big list guy. He, when I there's an opening list. in Tennessee, in the state of Tennessee, he gives us a list, 10 deep, well, plus some extra. Something. There's also a trivia game that I invented called Trivia Trifecta that list is a, is a feature of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cheeseburger, if you're watching or listening. <laughs> oh, take the list. I'm a big fan of ours. Like, please take the list. Yeah, cheeseburger needs to come back. Does Cheeseburger know how to work the internet? <laughs> I doubt it. I think that would be the, I, the problem with I him. Doubt. Let me cross one name off this list. It's number five on USA Today's list. Jerry Stackhouse mm. as the replacement at North Carolina. I mean, if they're looking for a highly credentialed man with a lot of self-confidence. I mean, that, that's a guy who's had zero success, though, yeah. at his current no, job. That, that would be a crazy hire. Crazy. There are certain gigs, though, where you know there's, they're hiring a you know, a, uh, a Michigan man, a, a North Carolina. It's going to be a North Carolina. It will be. Yeah. A, it, he will be tied in with UNC for sure. The one name on this list that that I see that has no, well, there's two. One, Mark Few is not leaving Gonzaga for North Carolina, I wouldn't think. The other one's Mike White mm. in Florida, whose dad is Kevin White, who's the AD at Duke. But uh, he has no, <laughs> to my knowledge, rivalry. I don't think he's ever coached at North Carolina or Duke. Uh, in his career, he played at Ole Miss, Mike White did, and. He's done a good job at Florida. That would be a good hire for North Carolina, but it's not a North Carolina rivalry. guy. Yeah. We got to think now his his younger brother is the AD at Tennessee. <laughs> so when all the dust up happened with Omar Payne in Tennessee and Florida, I'm thinking you've got the AD at Tennessee whose brother is coaching the guy who knocked out your player with an elbow, which is going to be a weird part of that rivalry yeah. also with those two being brothers. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick. 360 is where you can find us there. If you're watching on YouTube, we hope you'll subscribe. Also, share the link uh, on Facebook. And uh, today is the first day without Periscope, right? Is that right, Paul? Yeah, but like I, I went into it, and it's still got a Periscope logo on it. And it said something like, you know, there was a message about Live. it being the end. But I think it's still functioning as Periscope for... Uh, I guess we'll refer day. to it as Periscope if you're watching on Periscope. That's Twitter, all. Call it Twitter we'll Live. Do. Twitter Live. Uh, again, follow us there at Outkick360. When we come back, guys, we'll get into, um, the, speaking of college basketball, the teams that are not in the Final Four, which profile was helped the most as we look over the, the, the teams that have been eliminated. 
pro days galore and the media just gushing over every throw and 40 time. Our reaction to that. Uh, plus the NFLPA actually says something that we have been preaching for a while, which is if you're going to complain about the games, the 17th game, stop complaining and, and, and actually do something when you negotiate the CBA. Uh, the, the NFLPA's uh, J.C. Treader had something to say about the 17th game when yeah. we come back, which he, we agree uh, with. And, and J.C. Treader, I think, has been good as the player president um, in, in terms of, of this, which we'll talk about. In term, and and he, he reiterated about the offseason um, and how good last season was without an offseason. Now, that, they're not going to win on that. We'll, we'll talk. Uh, I mean, they're not going to win on getting rid of the offseason because the, it, straight up, the NFL controls a year-long calendar. And the only time the NFL is quiet is the middle of June to the middle of July. And the NFL loves it that way. So they're not going to give up April workouts that may have very little meaning in terms of what happens for a team because we're going to write and talk about those workouts and have contact points with coaches and players during those workouts. They don't care, really, if it has a work product at effect at all. It's just a PR effect, and, and they get PR effect out of it, and that's – of enormous value. You can take care of some great value at FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Right now, 40 to 1 odds on the Final Four. You can take Gonzaga and the money line. Bet $5, win $200 on the Zag. How are you not just doing Just to win this? a game. How are people not doing this? Why can't I have this it? I'm a long time. How man. are you not taking advantage of this offer if you have the chance? You can see it on the screen. Hutton, you know the link where people can go to take advantage of this right now. FanDuel.com slash OK360 is the link. New users, 40 to 1 odds on the final four. Hang with us. Outkick 360 rolls on. It is Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Glad you're with us. Uh, Paul, you were in traffic this morning? Look, Chad, Chad <laughs> said it. I'm going to have a field day with the ability to put up a picture for those of us who are watching us visually and then paint the word picture for those of us who are just listening to us. But Paul takes <laughs> more pictures on his phone than anyone that I know. Um, the opening of our show for those no, who are great. coming back. So, hey, it sounded great. Yeah. <laughs> Terrific. Hug, still riffing it. Listen, you've got, uh, we t- discussed this time and time again. You need to pull into an intersection. If, if you're taking a left yeah. at a light, right, get out into the intersection so that when the light changes, you may go. This is totally separate than blocking the box. This is a, another federal problem. It's particularly bad in Nashville. And if you look at this car, the reason that this car is all smashed up in the back is because it refuses to do the very thing I'm talking about. And cars are plowing into it because they're expecting it to take a left like a normal human being, and it doesn't. Also, this car raises another issue for me. This is a Tennessee license plate with Ole Miss all over it. We're not in Mississippi. So you should only be allowed to advertise Tennessee things on a state of Tennessee license plate. I know we'll sell out for anything. But let Ole Miss advertise on Mississippi license plates. 
I think in Tennessee, you should only get to advertise Tennessee schools on an <laughs> official state play. So I hate this person on multiple levels. It should also be Go only public state schools. Go get your damn car schools. fixed. Look, do you see that the window too. sticker up there? It's yes. an Ole Miss sticker. That's right. what you get to do in the state of Tennessee. Your license plate needs to be all Tennessee things on the license why, plate. Why double up? This would be my question about this vehicle. Is the doubling up of the – it's like double logos, right, when you're wearing on your clothing. It's too much. The hat and too the shirt. Much. You're not a coach. Too much. This person's got the Ole Miss sticker on the, the back window and also the Ole Miss plate. It's too much. Well, you know why? But They're Paul, anticipating getting smashed in further, and something's not going to be visible once they get hit one more time. I think this We're raises a bigger question. How many other out-of-state schools do they print on the Tennessee oh, license hell, plate? I think I could get a Columbia plate. I wonder how many, but it, I don't. If I, if do I you have to have a certain bucks? amount of demand yes, in order to print them? Like you can't just pick one, but is there like a Michigan state that you can get on your Tennessee plate I also? Is it just in the, in the southeast? I think if there are 500 all Michigan SEC state schools people maybe? that want it, they'll give it to you. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. I mean, if you're going with what should be on there, it should just not only just be in-state schools, but publicly funded in-state schools on the state of Tennessee plate, not even private I schools. shouldn't totally bemoan this, though I, I was going to limit it to in-state, but I once wrote one of my earliest columns at the Tennessean when I had a column chance was putting myself basically up for sale for one of those, saying that I, I wanted to get a, a, a plate for a, a, a Tennessee school or a cause, and then I could go around saying what a great time we had together at blank and fake it to make myself more of a Tennessean. This is so anti-Paul now. Yeah, like you were was, really, yeah, I mean, it was a complete... You were young, naive, just a real go-getter well, at that point. I ready was, ready for anything? I was... Now you've been older. It was an angle. Older. It was a good column angle. It was You're funny. Shut down to the world. <laughs> better. Yeah, right. Totally different. That goes against the softening. So I'm glad yeah. that you see a hard stance. Yeah. Uh, props to J.C. Treader, NFLPA president, who the the quote from him on the 17 game season said, "Quote: You have to look at what we got back. Did they pay us enough for the 17th game? In the end, more players than not said yes." Thank that's you. the reason. Yeah, that's that's why you do it. But now for, it for, was narrow for the players. It was a narrow win. But, but for the players who were oh, 17 games. This is this is crazy. You uh, voted for it. Absolutely. You voted for it. Uh, and and thank goodness for right. the president of the NFLPA saying that. He's an outspoken dude who who has done well. But the thing about the NFLPA is that these guys, both uh, both Demora Smith. Uh, the executive. He's the executive director. Director, thank you. And and J. C. Treader, the player uh, president, and then um, you know all all of their predecessors. I mean, here is standing on solid ground, but they are always, always, always. Uh, they're not treading smooth water, you know, like they teach you in lifeguards. At all. They're always flailing to defend themselves because the fact of the matter is they consistently get clobbered over the head <laughs> with not, not not like a baseball bat, like the kind of club that the Flintstones have, right? The NFL just constantly bangs them with this thing <laughs> in negotiations. It's the worst union, and it's not the worst union because they're bad negotiators necessarily, though they're not great negotiators. 
it, it's because the NFL has all the hand in this in this thing. The short career nature of it dictates that players can't play the long game and strike to make the owners bend to them. It's just a very difficult scenario. And so they lose consistently, and then they try to defend themselves like, no, no, we won stuff. Look, we got a week less of offseason when nobody cares about a week less of offseason. I know people, uh, it's, it's natural to not take the side of the employer, but to take the side of the employee. It's sort of the American go for the little and guy we don't do it type spirit. Case. I think about this with the NCAA hearing yesterday with the Supreme Court. And all the questioning there, and, you know, everyone, every writer I read is going to take the side of the athlete and not the coach or the institution, right, mm -hmm. or the NCAA. Yep. And I think that's natural in a lot of ways, and I think we're, we're all doing that to some extent at different College. times. But isn't it interesting that the most popular sport in America by a mile is the NFL, and it's also the sport that is most controlled by teams, league, owners. And we side with them a lot. There's something to it. I'm not saying that's universally the way it needs to be, but sports where the players have the most control are slipping in popularity. The NBA is the first one that comes to mind. Number one. So I think while the common man wants to look at the employee and say, well, they need more rights than the employer in a lot of these situations, what do we really want as sports fans? Because the league that we all admire and like the most is the NFL. And the NFL is the league that is controlled the most by the owners in the league itself. And that, that's the group that, as you said, Paul, takes the Flintstone Club and clubs the Players Association over the head repeatedly and gets what they want. I want the coaching. And it's what the fans want in I the I want end. the coaching authority. And the coaching authority comes with a bigger roster and a more scheme-based sport. I don't want the coaching authority in the fact that it's uh, – we can't know Ty Sambrello's injury now that he says he's recovered from, and I still can't know what he's recovered from in damn March and April the season after. That's just ridiculous amount of control. I hate that element of it. But why we sign with ownership on a, a lot of things is ridiculous. You know, the concussion thing, I think we're all on the side of the players in the concussion thing, but also in the back of our heads. We want our guys to be out there playing on some level. But and it's only we're torn a little bit on that. Yeah, I want that guy to be protected, and I don't want him to be a vegetable when he's 60. But also on Sunday, I want to see him play. But that, that control is really only in the NBA, the player control, where they you, you mentioned the, the, co yeah, the, the players. If LeBron wants a coach fired, he's out. or it's not even LeBron's level. I mean, you could you just, you, the highest-paid player – you be the franchise guy, and you say, "I want the coach out." The coach is out. Yeah. I think in, ba uh, in baseball, the problem is these teams; they're the prisoners of these contracts. Sure. Right? The contracts are contract. now so crazy, and they're guaranteed that you get a guy who Jacoby gets hurt Ellsbury early on, is... and it's you're screwed. Yeah. You know, as an organization, you're stuck with this guy, and there's no way. Where the NFL, you can just cut someone mm -hmm. and move on get when you make a mistake. You're going to take the, the salary cap hit. But ultimately, what the reason that we like the NFL so much, and oftentimes I may find myself siding with ownership, Paul, which isn't a popular stance, is because owners want what's best for their bottom line. And typically what's best for their bottom line is what's best for the fans that get the fans to spend more money. And we as fans of sports that like to watch sports on television, go to games, read about them, whatever it may be, we're going to side with the owners a lot because they're not necessarily looking out for the health and safety of the players. Those are their employees that help make them money, mm -hmm. but that's an expense to them. 
They're spending a ton of money on those players. They're getting nothing but money from fans. It's the most meritocracy. So they want to do they want to do what's right for their customers, and they want to give back to those fans. So those fans will give them more of their money, and ultimately that's why I find myself watching the NFL and thinking, this league is damn near perfect in terms of fan interest and where it is right now in American sporting society. And a big reason for that is the owners have the power. It's and the I think most we have to a, acknowledge that. It's the most of a meritocracy, too. Uh, the non-guaranteed contracts are yes. the thing. You get it out of the It's mostly guaranteed for the first two, three years for good players. But you're not on the hook for 10 years like a baseball contract. You know, I think the Yankees are still paying Dame Jacoby Ellsbury, or they just finished. They got absolutely nothing out Albert of it. Albert Bell is still getting paid. Right? For the <laughs> yeah, yeah, these guys. And so it's Bobby a meritocracy a in terms of if you're not good anymore, we're going to go find the next guy who's good. So in that regard, the NFL is the best for sure. Completely agree. Um, pro days, though, not always the not best. Not a meritocracy. But if you follow the NFL media, you would think that every pro day is the greatest pro day in the history of NFL draft coverage. The, it, the throws against air, the 40 times, which are not in sync this year uh, because the combine didn't take place. So we're going by whatever takes place at these pro days. Every time is just phenomenal. And I, I don't understand the, the quick reaction to proclaim that the latest workout is the best These workout. exceptional 40 times are rolling in. <laughs> and, and everybody's like a puppy. Without Awa question. Awaiting it, a treat. Not even questioning the time. breathlessly panting, <laughs> taking this in. And there's so little talk of the inflation of these numbers. We talked the other day. Somebody looked, God bless him, I wish I could credit who it was, that Penn State's 40 times are, on average, 3% better. 3% on a 40 time is a significant Than what they actually run. Than what they run at the combine. All right? You know, so what's the consensus time? I, I hope teams are, are doing this. Now, let's put up this slide. Adam Schefter sent this out. So should I call it a slide? Is that the right term? <laughs> PowerPoint presentation. Right? Yeah. yeah. Please that, turn to your right syllabus to on this page. What are we in class right now? So here's... As you say on this slide... Jabril Cox, okay? Mm -hmm. And this is the kind of thing... Schefter sent this out. LSU is putting this out, right? So... And we were talking about moving away from 40s in general. So that somebody's putting this out, I absolutely love, right? His, his game speed in miles per hour, average game speed, his drop-off over the course of a game. This is All a, this is a stat this is new age and measurable stuff. that I love. Me too. The game speed, when you hear how fast Derrick Henry ran on a touchdown or whatever, I love that. This is something that just came into play like the last year or so, I feel like. But I love that. Well, teams have access to this kind of stuff. Everybody in every practice and every game on any Power 5 team, probably down in Division 2 now, is wearing a tracker right below his neck yep. in, a, in a sleeve that gives you access to this kind of number that it has to mean more to teams now than a 40-yard dash time. And certainly over the course of the next several years, is going to come to mean more. So you get a combine 40, and you can compare it to all the combine 40s you had before. And as a comparative statistic, it's still important. But these numbers that we just looked at are the real things that tell you about how a guy performs. And I think gradually there's, there's got to be a shift. And with some high analytic use teams, there probably is already a shift. 
where they look at some stuff like that more than they look at the conventional stuff. And here, uh, football communities being force-fed these ridiculously fast. Everybody's running a 4-5. I mean, everybody. I'm talking linemen are all running 4-5. I guess my question is, if everyone's running fast, what difference does it make? Right. Right? Yeah. Everybody's the same. Everyone, if everyone's running a 4-4-4, four, 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 that was Justin Fields, right? 4-4-4. Yeah. Four, yeah. Four. Yeah. If everyone's right around that number, then it doesn't really matter. And here's the other thing. Justin Fields made an incredible throw against air, right? He rolled to his left, and he threw an incredible pass to For a For the receiver. record, I, too, would like to say I've made some incredible throws in my life against, against air. Against air. <laughs> some great throws. Nerf balls. Yes. Right. Downfield, it was beautiful. And all the draft guys on Twitter were like, oh, my God, look at this throw. Two days later, Kellen Mond makes a similar throw. It's better. It's a better throw. Now, I didn't hear the hype about Kellen Mond because Kellen Mond isn't one of the five best quarterbacks in the thing. But when I see Kellen Mond do it, where is the person saying, well, if Kellen Mond's doing it, it's not that big a deal that Justin Fields is doing it? Where is all this context? There, there's none of it out there. Yeah, I mean, practice squad quarterbacks can throw a football into a trash can from 60 yards out. I mean, that. When it, so when you see these trick, these trick passes. Alex Tanny did all of that stuff. He was a good example. quarterback. Well, there was example. a dude at UConn that was like a backup. Remember, and he was a viral sensation because he had all the trick throws yeah. that he could do. Sure. And I'm thinking, I'm watching, I'm thinking, well, this guy can't even start at UConn. <laughs> I mean, it's, so what does it matter? So here's how you need to look at it. This is our advice to you. If a guy makes a crappy throw at a pro day, and it's not like an early jittery thing, that's the tape I want to see. That's the tape that's telling. If a guy who's expected to run fast runs slow, that's the news. All this, the outliers on the bad side are notable. All this good stuff that's expected, why are we excited about it? It's expected. Again, like, if your toddler who's being potty trained does it, that's good. The accidents are the issue. Yeah, what's not expected is who was the big guy who ran shirtless at the combine? With his belly big rolling all, Yes. That was jiggling oh. everywhere. Oh, it was the, uh, it's the from lineman Alabama. that went to Cincinnati. It's the, from Alabama, and I'm blanking Smith. on his name. Yeah. Anyway, that is what's notable. Yes. Is when you have something like that happen that's so Andre far. Smith. Yes, thank you. Yes. That's so far out of the ordinary bad in a bad way that it gets attention. The guy who can't bench 225. You know, they occasionally have those stories where it was like, this guy did two of 225, just something crazy that's just yeah. way below what everyone else was the doing. The guy who's out of shape. Yeah. That, those are the stories. All this expectation stuff. Why do we want to fawn over these kids? It makes me uncomfortable. And again, we're, we're here for all the NFL draft news. We're, yes. we, we love it. But if all the news is exactly the same. And positive, positive, positive. What's really being reported? Like there's no yeah. digging. You're just regurgitating the, the digits on a sheet of paper. And it's like it, it's, it compares to what I, I said last week, I think. You know, when somebody wanted me to rant about everything, and I said if I rant about everything, it, it, it waters it down. And it's like the guy, and I got somebody specific in mind who likes everything. If you like everything, you like nothing. It's like David David on our YouTube chat. Like, if he hates everything about our wardrobe every day. What's it mean? Yeah. Yeah, here it is. Oh, we have David David? We have David David today. Why is Paul still wearing his pajama top? This, <laughs> this, late oh, this was day? unpredictable. Did he run out of clothes? Are all his track suits at the cleaners back in Newark? 
or is he saving them for weddings <laughs> and funerals? Oh, this is the wow, best. Wow, that's I mean, this very is, high. He's David, it up a notch. David, David he is really done himself. Now, I will say this. It didn't matter what he I wore today. He knew you were going to wear this today? It didn't matter what I wore today. He had that ready. Whatever I wore today, he was going to say that about. I really thought he'd come after my jacket. I thought, I thought that was spectacular. Uh, the Newark line, like now I'm a mafioso. Pajama top. Uh, <laughs> Hanging out with Tony Soprano yeah. and Christopher Maltesanti. Yeah. You know what my favorite pajama top actually is? It's a uh, Mississippi State shirt somebody gave me that right. I would never wear outside of my house lest someone think I had an interest in the SEC. David David's wardrobe critiques. That was fantastic. Uh, quickly becoming one of my favorite parts of the show. I hope you're enjoying as well. Yeah. David, David, please keep them coming. That was his best work. Keep yet. that YouTube chat going. Paul's going to check in on yeah. it randomly whenever he can stop. David, it. David is on the run. He's going to let us know what's going on. <laughs> I, I feel like today should be Friday because that would be a great way for David. Is this, David is this his April week. Fool's Day joke? No, no. Funny? That, that was strong. <laughs> that was like surprise. He got a lot better. Yeah, he got now a lot let's better. Let's say this. Uh, Lance uh, has an idea. I'm going to forget your damn uh, Insta handle again. Graffito Magnifico. Graffito Magnifico. He's that a, sounds like he, an option at a. He's Olive an artiste. <laughs> right? All you can eat yeah. salad. It's Graffito Magnifico <laughs> month at the <laughs> Olive Garden. All the Magnifico you can ask for. Lance, I can eat breadsticks. Lance I see is, someone shredding Parmesan onto a plate when I hear that. Lance is an artiste, <laughs> and he has offered. Uh, uh, if he hasn't offered, I've accepted the offer anyway, to illustrate David David. And so what we're thinking is he's going to illustrate what he thinks David David looks like. <laughs> and now when we post David David's comments, we will combine it with what we collectively, through the mind of Lance, thinks David David looks like. Give him a really good wardrobe also. Oh, of course. And um, we'll combine that, and he'll be a literal caricature for us. Because David David, has, while you're being very brazen and funny, We've yet to see that picture we asked you for of your fantastic wardrobe for us to critique. We really need to see that. So, also, big thanks to Scott Richardson on Twitter. That was great. Who one. sent us a picture, Paul, of all of the out-of-state schools that you can buy a Tennessee license plate. This is where our audience is. This is, is where the people deliver. Scott Rattle Richardson delivered. Here are just some of them out-of-state you can buy. Auburn, Ole Miss, which you saw. Mississippi State, also your favorite shirt, Paul, to sleep in. Florida, Arkansas, Alabama, Penn State, Kentucky, Florida State, Indiana. And those are all the ones I'm seeing on this so one there, page. So there has to be said. a threshold of so many sales Solicit. for this. Yeah, they right. also have, have the, a Lady Vols, a Tennessee Vols, a Vanderbilt, a UT Chattanooga, Sewanee. I'm seeing a Sewanee play here also. Those are the in-state schools that I see on this page. Let's go back to that column Trevecca. Trevecca also on here. Lipscomb wanted me. They wanted me to get a Lipscomb plate. They were campaigning for it. Yeah. They invited me for a, a reception for a lunch. And uh, at the time, I didn't do well maintaining my calendar. And I, they, they set this whole thing up, and I missed it. Oh. No, it was awful. You no-showed? I no-showed. <laughs> Did you ever hear back That was the beginning. Did yeah, I got an email, like, in the middle of it. Like, that was the beginning of you. Paul oh. being invited to something I'm so he could say no. showing up. I didn't say no. I said yes. One of Paul's up. favorite things awful. is to receive an invitation to do anything so that he can decline. I like to be invited and decline. <laughs> so if you guys ever invite me to anything, I'll, I will show up. We, uh, like, we actually had a big dinner last night that we did not invite Paul yeah. to today. He's like, oh, I would have gone to I that. I would have gone. And we're thinking, or no, would we have just invited I you and you said no? <laughs> oh, I got stuff to do with Simon. This seemed like it was, uh, it was of, fun. of uh, it was consequence. Fun. 
Which hoops profile was helped the most based on the tournament run? Our opinion on that coming up on Outkick 360. Outside of Oregon State, which NCAA basketball team's profile was helped the most during this March Madness run? Outkick 360 rolls on. Glad you're with us. If you're listening to Fox Sports Knoxville, really appreciate our first affiliate on board across the Outkick network. Share the show if you're watching right now on Twitter, Facebook, on YouTube. We appreciate the, the likes and subscriptions. And if you're listening on podcasts, you can find us on any podcast platform. All I say any because Chad can rattle off thousands, both real and fake, and we're there. Hinge, <laughs> Raya, Farmers Only, <laughs> J-Date, Grinder. These are all different apps that you can find our as show As well on as daily. Stitcher, Audible, Google Play, <laughs> Apple, um, Spotify, and your more conventional That's uh, right. podcasts outlets and if you are uh, if you have an Amazon product you can ask Alexa to search Outkick on YouTube the show will pop up immediately bam Paul your question was uh, sorry Hutton your question was so good I'm actually going to tweet it out right okay. now as a discussion question to get some responses follow us on Twitter at Outkick 360 outside of Oregon State who comes to mind from the tournament and this well, is Chad's non, going so big. the way you the rate the way you initially phrase it non final four team right non final four team that has boosted the profile most. Chad's going big over the I'm last going two small. weeks. Yeah, I, I think there's, to me, two pretty obvious questions or answers to this. I'm going Michigan because Jawan Howard in year two was a great storyline all year. They get a number one seed. Um, they lose in the Elite Eight, yes, in a really good game to, to UCLA. So that's not great as a number one seed. But I think just as a profile raising season and tournament run, and respect level for Juwan Howard goes, I'm going with the That's Wolverines. I, uh, look, I, I go with smaller programs who are rising, right? I don't want to steal yours, no. but I, I, I write down three. I mean, Loyola, Chicago, is the second time we've Immediately seen Immediately comes to mind them. for me. I don't think we overlook right. them ever again based yep. on what they've That's done. That's a good one. Because they've, uh, how far did they go last time? They went further. They went Elite Eight, I think, last time. Anyway, they went, they yeah, go they sweet went to sweet final four. Went to final four, and now they go sweet sixteen. So, yep. but not final a fluke, four, right? final four, but still, uh, they caught me by surprise right. this year. And I, I, from now on, when you see them on your bracket, you're going to pencil them into right. the it's next round. It's not a fluke. But I think everyone twice had them done Georgia big Tech, things, right? As an eight-nine game, I right. think everyone had them winning the first game, and most everyone had them losing to Illinois. Right. But Beating I, I, Illinois. Everyone had them winning the also, first game. Also, you talk about profile. I mean, we're talking national profile mm -hmm. here. But beating Illinois, that's well, local profile there. If a kid's making a local decision, it, it, I mean, they're the king of the state. And, and also with them, it's the last time we see them as an eight seed, right? Like yeah. they're, they're only going to move up the profile line uh, when it comes to the committee as well. We'll see them as a five next time. Yeah. Oral yeah, Roberts gets to the Sweet 16. Yep. That's a program maker. They're looked at Agreed. completely differently, at least for the next three years. You know, mm -hmm. a, a full recruiting, I'll call that a cycle, right? A, a, a full team's worth, four years' worth of, mm -hmm. of kids, right? Creighton, I think none of us would think of because none of us were really into Creighton. But they went to the Sweet 16. 
uh, out of, and they're in the Big East now, which they don't belong in the Big East. I think all of us struggle with that. But they've got something to sell now that Georgetown doesn't have to sell after Georgetown beat the hell out of them in the Big East final. I feel like we knew Alabama was really good this year. I feel like the country now knows Arkansas is right there on the cusp of being back. Yeah. To what we thought in the 90s. Well, this was, it's, uh, Arkansas is a great one with Musselman. But this was such a crazy tournament in mm-hmm. March that I'm going to say two names of schools that won in the first round that we forgot about the next weekend that you could argue, well, they raised their profile with those wins. Ohio and North Texas. They beat Virginia and Purdue in the first round, right? Two teams that have had a lot of success and a lot of tournament success. But that's just how crazy this was. And I'm not saying that they're on my list for the top one, but that's in a normal year, a 14 or a 13 winning mm-hmm. is going to be the story of the first round. There's one more that you forgot that fits right in with that. Abilene Christian beats yeah. Texas. There you go. That's another one. They haven't even been a Division One program for that long. You know, so for all these schools, obviously we listed the biggest ones first. And I think Loyola, Chicago, in the tone of your question, I think you're too big with Michigan. I mean, Michigan's already got an enormous profile. Well, what yeah. I mean by you that is I mean? it's it's back. It's not it's just new. yeah. It, it's more of a under Jawan Howard now, he's taking over from what John Beeline accomplished and bringing Michigan all the way back and just continuing it. The to floor where is higher. They are a national power mm-hmm. in contention for a top seed in the tournament year in year out under Jawan Howard. I think That's, the thing too there's is different though, levels of raising the profile, right? Yes, right. There, theirs is almost sustaining the profile. Yeah. Under Jawan Howard. But all of these schools that we mentioned, and this, this excites me. I'd love to be on one of these campuses as an admissions, uh, <laughs> not the admissions director either, just an admissions officer, you know, watching the change in applications, watching the change in campus tours, watching uh, the, the, the change in the, in the student body, vibe and everything. You know, we have a friend who went to Abilene Christian. You know, now when you have that introductory conversation with somebody and you get to the where did you go to school and she says Abilene Christian, previously everybody would say, where's that? What's that about? And now they say, oh, you, you beat Texas. You're the, and you're the team who beat Texas. That's, that's it, Whenever I hear Weber State, I will forever think about Harold Arsenault and the run yes. that went on in one tournament. He was the star of the tournament that no one knew about going in who was averaging 40 a game. You know, once they got in the NCAA tournament and that's, if I ever meet a Weber State graduate, I have yet to meet one as of now in my life, but if I meet one, I'm immediately going to say Harold Arsenault to that Weber State grad. Chad's Abilene Christian. there's a high dropout rate at Weber State. Abilene Christian, <laughs> well, uh, I, I just don't mingle in the social circles of Weber State grads. I guess I'm saying I'm not big in the Salt Lake City they don't, social scene. <laughs> they don't mingle in yours. No, that's true. Yeah, they would not mingle with me. But you're right. Abilene Christian, immediately you're going to think about Texas. Uh, from here on out when you hear that school. And that's what's the, the beauty of this tournament. I'll go completely off the board also with someone who, to me, pretty surprisingly, their profile has raised this March, didn't even play in the tournament. Memphis. Memphis went from disappointment in the eyes of many to, Momentum. boy, they kept playing hard, yeah. and they look good in the NIT, and they get everybody back, and they got a good recruiting class coming in. They don't lose anyone. To suddenly, well, now Penny Hardaway, year four, is going to be the year that he's going to break through, right? I mean, that's that's sort of the expectation now after winning the NIT. Yeah, I mean, they, they've they've been able to reach a certain level now of success, albeit the NIT, where you feel like there is a catapult 
for Memphis State. They even had the throwback uniforms. Did you notice that? Yeah. The Memphis State They had jerseys. Memphis State, yeah, the same that Penny wore. Yeah. I, I did notice that. Yeah, there, there's a momentum with the program about despite that? not making the tournament. What do we think about uh, throwback uniforms that go to not, no longer the name of your school? Or like the teams that go to, you know, past names of teams. I'm okay with it more in uh, pro sports when you're going to like a, like if the, uh, the Sacramento Kings wear Rochester Royals jerseys. Yeah. Like that's kind of cool when the you throwback. go back way back in time in the throwback. Not sure that I, like Texas A&M, wasn't it like uh, A&I or something? They had like a different name at one point in their history. Or Memphis is now not Memphis State, but they're going to go to Memphis State in a game. I thought it was cool to see those uniforms, but part of me is like, it's not even the name of your school, though, that you're wearing on, on your, confuses your jersey. The, confuses the listener. It does. It does. As, as we were once it, told it, about it, a, a, yes. a guest that we That's right. Yes, to have yes. on. Don't want to confuse anyone. Easton says, you, you said non-Final Four, but why leave out UCLA? Because we said non-Final Four. Yeah. And he goes on to say, I'm by no means a fan of the Pac-12 or the state of California, but they've been so impressive. Folks were very underwhelmed with the hire of Mick Cronin. If you remember, they hired Mick Cronin because Rick Barnes eventually turned him down after about a week flirtation with UCLA. And then Where did Cronin come Tennessee. from? Cincinnati. I'm Cincinnati. so carried away he with was him. There, did I read this right, that he was in Cincinnati for 13 years? It feels like he was at Murray sounds, State not that long ago. I know. No, but it, it must have been mid-2000s that, that he was at right. Murray State. Yeah. So he was there for 13 years. Um, but, yeah, no, UCLA certainly. And Mick Cronin, because of his dad, He's always been this sort of known as a rough, discipline-minded coach. There's not a lot of warm and fuzzy with Mick Cronin. And you can see that on the sideline. But I think that his persona has softened because of his dad in the crowd. And them showing that to where now it's much more of a player's coach type guy when they show Mick Cronin. And a run to the Final Four will do that also. My wife, Claire, says, Paul, would love to see you in a tracksuit wearing a big silver chain necklace. Yeah, I just sent her a picture that I've also sent to Jacob that hopefully we could get on screen here. This is what David, <laughs> this is what David Reed, or Dave Reed, as Jacob called him, thinks that David David looks like. Yes. And I sent that to With Claire. With the star of David on <laughs> yeah. the chest. David David David. David David. There's David David with more David. On, on his jewelry. Is that from Ocean's Eleven? That is. That's from one of the Ocean's Eleven. Such a good. I think it's Ocean's Eleven. I, I forever will think of David David as that guy now. No, I'm going to think of it as whatever Lance. David David. Like, whatever I think Lance we should do a tryout up. every day. We each give our own image of what David David looks like until he gives us the picture with his wardrobe. <laughs> so that was David Reed's, right? That's yeah. his. So, Paul, tomorrow, you, you're, you're good at sending pictures in. You send it in. And then that was Saul from... Ocean's Eleven, right? Wasn't that the character's name? Yeah, I think so. So you send in who you think it is, and we'll continue with this until he shows us a picture. Chad's recall. I've got the image in my head, but Amazing. I can't think of what movie it's from. You're right. I'll describe it, it to you, and you'll come up with it. Yeah, it's uh, the actor's a famous actor. He played uh, Monica and Ross's dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I know Elliot Friends, Gold. Uh, Elliot Gold, thank you, yeah. yeah. I was blanking on the actor's name for a second. Chuck. Hit us up at Outkick360. You can also... Chat us up oh, at YouTube. Paul is my YouTube chat. I figured who it is. I'll have my picture after the break well, of David David. Wow. Hang with us. Outkick 360 rolls on.